Hello and welcome to this latest edition of SplittingUp.pod, where we hear how people facing seemingly unsurmountable challenges while going through a separation have actually made it to the other side. I'm Joanne Major, a family lawyer in the northeast of England and the creator of the website SplittingUp.com. Of course, everybody's situation is different. And although our podcast is intended to be helpfully informative and thought-provoking, it cannot be legal advice. For more information on this all-important disclaimer, please go to the website's podcast page. Today we're heading to Spain to hear a story about how to deal with a big move and what happens when a former partner wants one thing for the children when you want another. International moves constrain compromise to breaking point and often end up in court. I'll be speaking today to family lawyer and children's specialist Sam Carter of Major Family Law and also Spanish family lawyer Jose Maria del Rio about the specific challenges of preparing for court in an international case. But first, let's hear Kate's story. As you'll hear, Kate made the decision to move to Spain after her new husband got a job in Gibraltar. After her ex blocked the move, Kate had to work hard with Sam Carter to build a strong case to take her two boys with her to Spain. Last episode, we heard about CAFCAS, the Children and Family Court Advisory and Support Service. Here, the court ordered CAFCAS to prepare a welfare report in Kate's case, which involved meeting the children. CAFCAS didn't support Kate's case, saying that it would be better if the boys remained in the United Kingdom. But amid the restrictions of COVID and the complications of Brexit, she battled hard. Hello, my name's Kate. Um, The process was to move to Spain uh, with my two sons and my husband. We wanted to move to the Costa del Sol so that we could start a new life yeah my husband had a job in Gibraltar which was like 25 minutes away just over the border my sons are school age the problem being was that my ex-husband didn't agree for the boys to move to Spain there was a number of problems because obviously it was during Covid time as well I did try mediation at the beginning but my ex-husband refused point blank to go to mediation um, and did want the process through court. It basically just was hello freeze over before you take the children away. You didn't know about the schooling enough. I kind of had already been dealing with all the schooling, not him. So the basic everyday parenting was done by me, but he was adamant that the schooling wouldn't be adequate. He was worried about not seeing the boys, although he only seen them like one night every fortnight. So obviously we then had to arrange for how often we would be able to see them. And every solution was another problem. It just went on and on and on, basically. Every time I came with a solution, there was something else. Um, He just fought us till the bitter end. He didn't want them to go, and that was his stand on it with no compromise at all. 
it was very complicated. The children um, had to have face-to-face interviews rather than be over the phone. My ex-husband insisted on that. We had everything ready. Like when we went to court, we were ready. We had the file. We had everything there. Everything was so smooth and detailed from opticians to doctors to dentists to schooling to jobs to social security to selling our houses basically every single criteria to make sure that we had everything ready for when we went to court and thanks to sam you know he he did he bent over backwards and the background work was definitely down to sam but when the kafkas lady was saying that they didn't think that it was the best time for the boys to move because of COVID at the time. So that was like a major complication. She'd interviewed both boys and both boys were happy to move. And their teacher there was for us, their mistress was for us. But she'd come to the decision that she didn't think it was a good move, specifically because of COVID. And when we went to court, we weren't 100% sure all the way through it was kind of like 50-50 because of her decision. But in the end, the judge had said basically it wasn't just COVID, it was Brexit as well. And if we didn't move when we planned to, we would have missed the Brexit deadline. Um, my husband had a job waiting for him that had been put on stall for by this time about 10 months. As it drew nearer, the judge obviously decided that because of Brexit, it, it's a necessity that they go now and they don't wait because if they wait, they won't be able to go. It's just all come together. The boys, they're just better than I ever expected, to be honest. The relationship is fine, probably exactly the same as they were in the UK. But the only difference is now when they go back, it's more quality time. They go on the PlayStation, the Xbox with them all the time. They got phones as soon as they got to Spain, so they phone them regularly. It's not as easy now, Brexit, you, you know, there's a lot more complications than what we we had to go through and we had enough, but it's worth it. It's a lovely life and it's worth it. It's worth every penny to us. The boys out here absolutely just having the best life. It's just worked out so, so well. I'm so pleased it's worked out for you, Kate. And it's great to hear that the children have learned to speak Spanish and are settling so well into Spain, while still keeping that connection with their father. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. And there's a lot in there which we can now speak to Sam Carter about. Sam, you were obviously the lawyer on this case, and I know Kate really appreciated the help that you gave her. These can be incredibly emotive cases, can't they? And there's always often really a winner and a loser. Hello, Joanne. Um, Yes, these are very difficult decisions in these cases. And I would say it's probably the most uh, difficult decision that a family law judge in private children law proceedings is asked to make. I think it's really important that there is uh, understanding of both your own position as well as the uh, position of the other parents. I represent both the relocating parents and the uh, left behind parents and emotions understandably are very high. Generally uh, there will be a reason for the relocating parents. Uh, We we heard Kate's reason was that her husband had obtained a job in Gibraltar. So 
From experience, Joanne, I, I would say that most relocation cases, it's either for a, a new job, a new exciting job, or if a, a client may have met a, a new partner uh, who, for whatever reason, is unable themselves to, to move to the UK. Um, and, and also, I have clients who are uh, not British nationals, uh, but have lived in the UK uh, and, and wish to uh, return home following a separation. The court, when they look at these applications, they will consider the, the motivation for the uh, relocating parents. Um, is it a good reason or not? It can be very easy uh, at an early stage for the relocating parents to be understandably frustrated and stressed with the situation, uh, with, with the other parents not giving consent uh, for, for the relocation. But, but it's important to keep on top of that because from a strategic point of view in the case before the courts, um, if you present as, as overly critical of the other parents, then that could, could backfire. You need to stress, as I said, from the outset that you are uh, understanding of the other parents' position and, and that ultimately that the court needs to make the best decision for the child or children in circumstances where the parents can't agree. So really, good preparation is going to be key to success, isn't it? If, like Kate, our ex-husband wasn't happy about this, it's a really tough decision. So it's important, really, isn't it, to ensure that you are as prepared as you can be. Preparation really is key in these cases. Um, the, the first stage of these cases is to put together uh, a, a proper uh, fully thought through plan. I, I would say that most cases actually uh, fail because they're, they're unable to get this uh, plan in place at, at the outset. And if there's an issue that, that you haven't considered, then that causes into question the credibility um, of the relocation. So really what, what the judge is looking at is, well, is this a, a proper thought through plan for, for a move or is it just pie in the sky with, with little work undertaken so so really Joanne what I advise clients at the outset is um, they need to do the uh, the, the legwork um, to put this plan together before we bring any court application. What sort of preparatory steps um, should people be thinking about if they are thinking of one of these international relocation cases and there is an objection raised by the other parent? Could you talk us through those steps, Sam? I would say, first of all, consideration of immigration issues. Um, so if, if you get the green light from the court uh, to, to move your child to, to a different country, do you then have the right to live and work in that country? Um, do you have the right to uh, access public services? And lots of people uh, don't really give this issue too much consideration. And, and especially now post-Brexit, of course, British nationals no longer have that right to, to travel, live and work in the European Union. This has become all, all the more pertinent. So it can be sensible at this stage uh, to consult uh, an expert in immigration law just so they can put in writing to the effect that, look, um, if we get this green light from the family law court, um, that this parent and child will be able to live and work in the country they're, they're seeking to move to and to access public services. Um, consideration also needs to be given in respect of uh, how the 
child's uh, health needs will be met um, in the new country. So this may be linked to the immigration issue as to whether the, the child would be eligible uh, to, to access public health services or, or, or not. Um, if not, uh, then you're going to have to provide evidence to the court of uh, private uh, insurance for, for healthcare purposes in the country you're, you're seeking to move to and how that will be funded. It's also a good idea as well to give the court some information in respect of local doctors, hospitals, etc. Um, again, a short letter from a from a GP practice to confirm that they would be happy to to enrol uh, that the child would be a sensible thing uh, to guess at the outset. Consideration also needs to be given to uh, issue of schooling. Even in the UK for internal relocations, this this can be an issue because there's a different school system, for example, over the border in Scotland. And this is, of course, a consideration for uh, moves uh, outside of the UK. So you will need to, again, um, provide evidence in respect of whether a child would be eligible for uh, a state school um, in the location you're, you're seeking to move to. Or, or if not, what you would do in respect of um, private provision. Um, and, and I find, Joanne, from experience, judges and CAFCAS generally like it uh, if the relocating parents, before bringing the court application, um, has travelled to the area they're seeking to move to and has spoken with proposed schools um, to have that discussion with the head teacher and the support staff uh, and to look around uh, the facilities. And, and again, that comes back to, I think, the motivation behind the move and that this is a, a fully thought through plan and isn't just, as I said, pie in the sky, if, if, if you will. So you really need to do that homework. Also, um, as, as Kate uh, explained in, in her story, consideration needs to be given to language. Um, of course, Kate's children uh, moved to Spain. They needed to learn Spanish. Uh, that they're, they're at a Spanish-speaking school. Now, in in some cases, if a child is unable to speak the the, the language of the country or you're seeking to relocate to, in those circumstances, you you may be saying, well, actually, the child. At, at the start anyway, would be going to an international English-speaking school. So, so again, you, you, you're going to have to look into um, all of this and, and, as I said, provide evidence. Would you say then, from experience, Sam, that um, maybe uh, relocation cases in Europe um, maybe would have more favour than maybe, say, for example, a relocation to New Zealand or Australia? Um, yes, I, I would say so. It's um, generally that the further you're, you're looking to go, uh, the more difficult it is because um, of the obvious impact that will have on contact. So, so yes, um, it's easier to put a case together for a relocation in, in Europe as opposed to, say, the States or, or, or Australia. Um, a, a further issue is the uh, practical finances of the relocation. A legal battle um, is not cheap, um, that needs to be funded, but you, you also need to show to the court that if, if you are to move, that, that you are able to afford to do so. If, for example, you may have a property in the UK, you will have to think in respect of whether you would be selling that property um, and looking to purchase a new property in, in the country you're relocating to, and if so, how that would work in practice. 
um, because we know if going through court proceedings, they, they, they can take time. Um, so the timing of the relocation isn't known, which uh, that does create obvious difficulty. But, but you need to think about all of the different options and, and explain them to the court at, at, at the outset. And, and I think finally, you need to think um, carefully about the contact proposals you are going to put forwards for the child spending time with the, with the left behind parents. It's tempting to be as generous as possible in making these proposals because, of course, the left-behind parent, their case will be, well, if my child relocates abroad, then I will see them a lot less than what I'm currently doing. So so in those circumstances, it's, it's natural to say, well, actually, you can come over every other weekend and you're free to visit. The child can come and see you for all of school holidays, for example. But but I think at the same time, we, you need to be realistic Experienced judges will will see through this and think, well, is this a level of contact you will actually promote or, or are you just saying you will do so to, to encourage me to give you uh, the, the green light for your relocation? So, so it, it needs to be realistic and you also need to consider the logistics. So you will need to provide the court with evidence in respect of costs of flights and, and local accommodation. Um, you are also going to consider what would happen in respect of the child coming to the UK. Would the child travel alone or would you be travelling with the child? So so you really have to think about this um, and put forward a clear, uh, realistic plan to the court. Oh, it's, that's really interesting. Thank you, Sam. And hopefully... Um many of our listeners today will maybe take some comfort from that if indeed they're they're facing similar circumstances. So with us also here today, it's it's an interesting angle because we're we're also um, joined by Jose Maria Del Rio. Jose is a family and children law uh, expert solicitor based in Malaga in Spain. And the problem is that it's all great when Sam maybe assists the clients to get to go to Spain or indeed the country of their choice. But of course, what happens if things don't work out when they are in that country of choice and they're living there through work um, and indeed something doesn't work out, the relationship breaks down, they split up. Um, How easy is it in those circumstances to then necessarily come back? So welcome, Jose. Hopefully you can talk us through the problems from your side in Spain. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Joanne. In Spain, it's, it's similar. Uh, to UK in the way of all the facts that needs uh, for a relocation. But we have a different proceeding in the cases than one of the parents doesn't want uh, the relocation of the child for another jurisdiction. We have a big problem here in Spain because we have a many British uh, citizens living in Spain and in one moment they decide to, to come back home. So this is every day we have the, this type of cases. Uh, having the, the custody uh, doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want with the, your child or your children. You have to ask for an authorization to the other to the other parents. So in Spain, uh, we have two proceedings here. That is one an urgent proceeding that is very fast, but many of the tribunals in Spain don't accept this because when you are asking for a relocation in Spain, to move for England, for example, in this case, the judges established that when you ask for the relocation, 
there is a break of the of the rights of the visitation for the other parents. So what is happening? They said they tell you no. You have to go to the general proceeding uh, to modify the the general regulation that you have with your child. So custody, uh, maintenance, and rights of, of visitation. Uh, most of the time, ninety percent of the time, you have to spend one year with this proceeding because you have to change the custody right, the visitation right, the maintenance, and everything. Uh, the proceeding or the, the step of the proceeding is very similar than some says. You have to, in my own personal opinion and uh, my experience, you have to make a balance between what your child has in Spain and what your child can have in in UK. So you have to get, okay, a school. What is the advantages of a new school in the UK and not in Spain? Language. If you are a British, but you are living in Spain, are your son or your daughter the same? Which language is using in Spain? At home with your friends? Okay. Also, the economic economical situation of the parents that want to move. If you have a new uh, opportunity to go to the UK with a better salary, with a better condition, you have to show and demonstrate that in Spain you are getting this amount of money, but in UK you are getting more. And with this situation, the mother is better and the child or the children can have a better situation and show uh, to the judge that it's going to be best interest of the of the child and this is the most important. What is the main problem that we have in Spain with British or other nationalities? Uh, they move directly because they don't want to wait because we are not uh, very fast uh, it's a problem that we have in Spain with the court because we have many, many cases of that. But you have to wait one year or one year and a half, depends of the of the city. So the people move to the UK and after the other father or the, the other or the mother uh, that stay in Spain, uh, start a, a proceeding with the Hague Convention 1980. Uh, can be more satisfactory to to have a normal uh, proceeding in Spain to ask for the relocation, then defense uh, a wrongful removal or, or detention in, in another country. So this is the, the main problem that we have here. And the clients uh, don't know about about this this situation and the problem that, that can have if they move uh, to another jurisdiction uh, different than the habitual resident of the child or the children without the authorization of the other father or mother. No, it's, that's really, really interesting, Jose. And as you say, obviously things become complicated because of frustrations in a different jurisdiction. People take things into their own hands. And then, as you say, it actually aggravates the process. Sam, who, Sam, I think, has got a couple of questions arising from that. Hello, Jose. It's Sam here. Hello, Sam. I wonder what... Uh, approach does does the court take over there when, when dealing specifically with uh, a British family and British children who, who who are in Spain? Understandably, in in your situation, there there will be a, a separation that the two Brits are are, are there, um, and maybe the the mother following separation wants to return home to the UK. So, th- does that have m- much significance with the, the Spanish court? Well, uh, here at the end is uh, case by case. Like in the UK, 
uh, it's true that, that the judges here understand the situation of two British citizens living in Spain and in one moment want to come back to the to the host country. Normally, if you have facts uh, and you can prove the mother or the father will be better in the UK, they give the, the relocation. But they protect a lot to the other parents uh, for the right of visitation. And you say before that one of the most important things in this type of facts is about the travel expensive or how many days the the child can be in Spain when there is a change of the of the residency. But normally in Spain in this type of situation uh, you have a uh, seventy eighty percent uh, the relocation because at the end uh, you are not doing anything wrong. You are asking to the judge to come back to your country with your family. So normally with this situation, and you have uh, many possibilities to get the relocation. Of the contrary, in Spain, if you go to the UK without any permission of other parents, uh, uh, you have many possibilities that don't give any relocation in the near future. So Jose, it must be very difficult in cases then when, for example, someone's left say an English person's left the English jurisdiction and they've gone to work in Spain and they've met a Spanish national and then they've had a child together because then, of course, the child, if born in Spain, is Spanish. And if that relationship breaks down and, say, the English mum then wants to return to England, that's really tricky, isn't it? Yes, because at, at the end, it's really, really, really hard for a judge in Spain uh, to change the the the, the city or the country of the of one of them is, is Spanish. It's more like a, you know a patriotic for the for the judges. It's different if they are two citizens uh, from the UK. That's really helpful. Thank you, Jose. And uh, for any of our listeners, um, you'll be able to get access to Jose via the Splitting Up dot com website. So if anybody is in Spain and are facing a difficult situation, a breakup or a splitting up of their relationship and they've got children and there's resistance about returning home, then please do get in touch with Jose, who'll be delighted to uh, assist and share his experience with you in the same way Sam can if you're planning on leaving the UK and going to Spain. So thanks, guys. That's been really educational and hopefully uh, of much use to all of our listeners in both the UK and perhaps in Spain as well today. Thanks very much. And thank you for listening to this latest episode of SplittingUp.pod. I hope our stories and our experts can help you in the same way they did Kate. We are covering a whole range of topics surrounding divorce and separation in this series, so do sign up wherever you get your podcasts and check out our archive of episodes. And there's even more information available on the website SplittingUp.com. We have loads of free advice and long lists of experts you can contact for help and advice. I think planning ahead and knowing what you need to know are the key takeaways this week. I'm Joanne Major, and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.